Did you know that tyrannophobia is the fear of being tickled by feathers? This is Jonesy, comedian in Los Angeles, and you're about to listen to Weird AF News for Monday, August 7th. Let's get seriously weird, shall we? So a man named Weed was arrested for weed. Can you believe that? It's almost like destiny, isn't it? (laughs) I guess if your name is Weed, you must have weed on you at all times. But intent to distribute, that's the problem. Brandon Clay Weed is 19 years old, and he lives in Oklahoma City. Police arrested him last week on what was the third such arrest in less than a year. Officers found 10 pounds of marijuana, $45,000 in cash, scales, bongs, assault rifles, a shotgun, and three handguns. Goodness gracious, that is a lot of weaponry. I guess when your last name is Weed, you got to protect yourself because everybody thinks you have weed. <laughs> One officer on the scene said that he was familiar with Brandon, and he's arrested his parents and a brother for large amounts of marijuana in the past. Well, this is just, this is obviously a weed tradition. (laughs) You marry into the weed family, and they sit you down, they say, you know what, Sherry, welcome to the weed family. Now, just so you know, it is a requirement when your last name is weed that you must deal weed. You got to do it every day, too. This is a weed lifestyle. It's the weed way. My great-great-grandpappy weed was a weed man. His great-grandpappy was a weed man. And my great-great-great-great-great-great-grand-weed-pappy was a weed man. (laughs) Guys, I'm very under the weather, and I'm still doing this, so please make sure you favorite my station. Thank you. I love you. So the police recover a stolen car from a senior couple, and then they try and auction it off. This is just a terrible thing. I feel so bad for these people. This is in Pueblo, Colorado. Mary and Clyde Antrim are in their 80s, so apparently their car was stolen. They were very happy when Colorado Springs police found their stolen car. They weren't very happy when the police said that they wouldn't give it back to them because it was being held for evidence. Is that a thing, by the way? Do they just How long can you hold someone's car for evidence after it's been stolen? Does any, anyone out there, a police officer, I want to know. It probably varies per state, but I'd like to know, how long can you hold my car if I report it stolen and then you recover it? Because I need that car. Mary and Clyde were very angry a month later when they read online that the police were going to auction off their car. They're like, what in tarnation is going on here? I'd imagine that's how 80-year-olds in Pueblo, Colorado speak. They say things like, tarnation, what in tarnation's going on with our car, Clyde? Well, Mary and Clyde weren't going to take this laying down. They notified the local TV news, and they got their car back, and I think that is wonderful. Mary said, I need my car for my doctor's appointments that I have to go to. That's my transportation. I'm 80 years old. I'd like to have my car back so I can do what I have to do. Yeah, you hear that, Pueblo, Colorado Police Department, PCPD? Is that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. So yesterday I did a story involving the Flying Spaghetti Monster, uh, which is an organized religion. They were in the news recently because in Germany, a certain city was given permission to deny the Flying Spaghetti Monster organization from putting up a sign advertising their services. And I love weird stuff, obviously, and I thought this was kind of a small organization, the Flying Spaghetti Monster. I had no idea that it's a huge organization that's been around for a long time, and so I thought I might do a a deeper dive into the Flying Spaghetti Monster organization. 
for your edification and amusement as well, of course. Maybe you've already heard of the Flying Spaghetti Monster organization. Maybe you're a member of it. I don't know. If you are, I would love it if you called into my station. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, also called Pastafarianism, <laughs> is a social movement that promotes a lighthearted view of religion and opposes, strictly opposes, the teaching of intelligent design and creationism in public schools. And that's how this whole organization came to be, apparently. The Flying Spaghetti Monster was first described in a satirical open letter written by Bobby Henderson in 2005 to protest the Kansas State Board of Education's decision to permit teaching intelligent design as an alternative to evolution in public school science classes. So this came out of a response to that Kansas State Board of Education decision in 2005, and it then it's just taken a life of its own, apparently. Henderson published the letter on his website. The Flying Spaghetti Monster became an instant internet phenomenon, and now you will find the symbol of opposition to the teaching of intelligent design all over the place. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster believes that an invisible and undetectable flying spaghetti monster created the universe after drinking heavily. <laughs> I'm assuming booze. According to these beliefs, the monster's drunkenness was the cause for our flawed Earth. That makes way more sense than some of the alternative theories that I've heard. <laughs> so they also believe in an afterlife. The Pastafarians' conception of heaven includes a beer volcano and a stripper factory. <laughs> the Pastafarian hell is similar, except that the beer is stale and the strippers have sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> You can find all of this in the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And I'm going to post a link to all this information because it's so funny. And you should share it with your friends. You know, you probably have an atheist friend who's like, Oh, yeah, I can't find any group to get behind. Well, you know, this is one you can get involved in. You get to wear a pasta strainer on your head. Yeah, that's what they do. They wear pasta strainers on their head. They also have a, a very interesting link to pirates. According to Pastafarian beliefs... Pirates are absolute divine beings, and they were the original Pastafarians. Furthermore, Pastafarians believe that the concept of pirates as thieves and outcasts is misinformation spread by Christian theologians in the Middle Ages and by Hare Krishnas. Instead, Pastafarians believe that pirates are peace-loving explorers, and they were spreaders of goodwill, who distributed candy to small children adding that modern pirates are in no way similar to the fun-loving buccaneers from history. In addition, Pastafarians believe that ghost pirates are responsible for all of the mysteriously lost ships and planes of the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know what's going on in that triangle. Haunted pirate ships? I'll believe that. The Pastafarians' beliefs extend into light-hearted religious ceremonies. Pastafarians celebrate every Friday as a holy day. Prayers are concluded with the final declaration, Ramen. Instead of amen, get it? Ramen, because they're noodles. Oh, guys, come on. These are good jokes. Around the time of Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa, Pastafarians like to celebrate a vaguely defined holiday named Holiday. They also celebrate Pasta Over as a parody of Passover and Ramadan as a parody of Ramadan. These are the funniest religious people I have ever came across. Journalist Daniela Wackenig, a theologian and author of a book on the Flying Spaghetti Monster, sums them up. Alternative religions are associations with the goal of living out their own lifestyle or building their own fandom. But satirical religions, such as the Pastafarians, have a serious concern. Namely, 
criticizing the special position granted to religions in society. I love the flying spaghetti religion, and I feel terrible that the U.S. refuses to recognize it as an official religion. Please call into my show. Comment on this. What do you think of the Pastafarians? Are you guys Pastafarians? Are there any out there? I want to hear from you.